Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contests, and squares. At MyBookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice! It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code ZABE and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at MyBookie. It's simple. Make your picks. Win big. Collect your cash. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. Today on the ZABEcast, I took the weekend off from sports. Can somebody tell me, did the NBA start back up again? Did I miss anything? I did see that the first college football game of the year was played. Now the billion-dollar question is, how many more? I went to my mom and dad's with a mobile studio and wait till you hear the story about my dad and car manuals. All that plus a mask mea culpa. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Smith going to go to the end zone. Smith has winning hand. Touchdown, Bears! And there it was, the first game-winning touchdown pass of 2020, and didn't it feel sweet? Central Arkansas, the Bears, go Bears, beats Austin P. the Governors, 24-17, to one double-A football. Don't call it that, call it the FCS, the Mountain Athletic Conference, Luan Winningham, 10-yard touchdown grab from Braylon Smith. And if you had Austin P plus the points, you lost. Well, I don't even know what the spread was, but hey, hopefully you're getting ready, getting ramped up with MyBookie.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Happy Monday, August 31st, 2020. Thank you for downloading. Hope you had a good weekend. I sure did. And no, I didn't totally boycott sports this weekend. I mean, I took the weekend off. I didn't watch no sports, but I watched very little now that I think about it. Got a lot of stuff done. Mowed the grass, worked in the van to get the Mobile Strike Studio all put together. Drove down to my parents' house about 45 to 50 minutes away and had a wonderful steak, corn with a little bit of crab leg dinner and then dragged my mom and dad into the van. You'll hear them in just a bit. And then the rest of the weekend, I just I, I did have bourbon both nights, I'll be honest. Multiple bourbons. I can't have one bourbon knowing I don't have to wake up the next day and then not have another. I, I can't. It's usually two, sometimes three. But it's hard. It's hard. Uh, Whiskey League, still working on it. Still want to do it. It takes some time. I got to figure it out. This is the week. Bear with me on that. Anyway, so not really out of protest. I just kind of needed the break. Plus, by the time I was still doing the show in D.C. Friday afternoon, they had still not confirmed what time the games were on Saturday. I'm like, is it that hard to just confirm a freaking schedule? Anyway, uh, 
Bucks did win. They they took out Orlando, which I thought they would do comfortably, so it's on to the next round. And away we go. All right. Topic one, fractured union. Interesting stuff that came out of the union meeting during the protest, wildcat, strike, don't call to strike, we're not boycotting, we know that, we're just saying we're raising our voices, we're using our platform, we're not going to play basketball. Apparently, a couple things were interesting. One, Patrick Beverly of the Clippers kept interrupting Michelle Roberts, the union chief, who is not only very sharp, but also a fierce advocate for the players. And she was explaining to the players, if you go home, if this season collapses, this will happen, this will happen, that will happen, then this will happen. And all of those things were bad, bad for the players. And as she was trying to explain the ramifications of this, Patrick Beverly didn't like the line of reasoning, didn't like her, I guess the word was her strategic thinking on it. And kept interrupting her to the point where at one juncture, Patrick Beverly said, she said, can I please, you know, take a moment to explain all this? And he said, no, I'm tired of listening to you. Besides, I pay your salary. (laughs) At that point, the room apparently erupted, according to reports, and Chris Paul and other union members and other NBA players had to say, come on, whoa, 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 don't, no disrespect here. We're not going to run this meeting this way. But it's just funny because where would a guy like Patrick Beverly get the idea that he can just shout down his own union boss who's laying out the whole, here's what's going to happen financially if you don't play and it's all bad with a, hey, I don't, I don't like your line of thinking. I want you to be more hard line. She's there to explain what your contracts and what the situation is. Where would a player get the idea that 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 the NBA players have all this great leverage and they can just walk out? And I bet Patrick Beverly's angle was these guys need us more than we need them, and that's not really the case when it finally gets down to it. And I wonder where he would have gotten that idea from. Oh, that's right, he would have gotten it from Michelle Roberts. Michelle Roberts, who had said a year and a half ago, "I don't even know why we need owners in the NBA." Like, what good are they? She kind of hinted at the players perhaps organizing their own league. And I chuckled just because I'm like, yeah, every player's union in pro sports would love to do that, but it takes even more money than the owners are paying you. Go look at the balance sheets of what they got versus what you got, and then you'll see pretty quickly. Plus, you have to be in the business for multiple cycles. You have to negotiate to own arenas. You have to blah, 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 blah. I mean, if you want to, it's not the worst idea in the world, but you got to be committed for the long haul. To start a league that would topple the NBA and would oust the owners, I just... Plus, wouldn't you love to see the owners' meetings if Patrick Beverly and uh, his fellow basketball players were someday to become owners? So that was kind of funny to hear that anecdote. The other thing that was interesting was that Stephen A. Smith on ESPN said that LeBron James came off kind of douchebaggy. He didn't use that word. He said a number of the younger players didn't like how LeBron came off when he spoke and that the league is a changing. 
and that LeBron, while respected, and everybody knows he is the face of the league and the bell cow of the herd, he's not as revered amongst the younger set as some would think. And I guess LeBron's stance was, fuck this, I'm out of here. Let's burn this league to the ground this year. We're done. I got my millions. I got Space Jam 2 coming out. And apparently a number of the other younger players are like, well, I'm on a kind of a minimum deal. It's a lot of money. It's 1.6 or something. In fact, I'm not even sure what the NBA minimum is. It might be more than that. Average salary in the NBA is about $6 million. But I'm sure a number of the younger guys are like, I kind of need the money. Like, I don't know as much money as you, LeBron. But, and apparently he did not come off very well. Here's the bigger question, and I was shocked that Stephen A. Smith would say it. Do you think LeBron will ever fall out of favor with the overall broadcast media in the NBA? Or will he always be a darling or the darling of the league? Don't know. Back to football. So you saw the highlight, heard the highlight there from Central Arkansas. Apparently, Michigan had very low testing numbers, like a 1,000 tests of football players and other athletes, zero positive COVID cases. You'd think that'd be good, right? You'd think, all right, let's go have a season, but the Big Ten is stuck on stupid, and they are not changing their mind at this point. Although on Friday, the word came out, and I think this is too late to make the Zabe cast, that they're thinking about a Thanksgiving start, which would be batshit crazy and stupid and counterproductive and why are you even doing this in the first place but I wouldn't put anything past the Big Ten right now to be honest it is looking with numbers declining all over the place in the country almost every state I don't think there's a state right now that's experiencing any kind of upward trend in anything whether it's positive test cases hospitalizations deaths I think every single state is either dead flat because it's over or they're in decline. The Sunbelt states are in decline. Everything's going down. You got three different companies that announced a saliva test that they will be rolling out here in the next 30 to 60 days. And you have other stories such as the CDC admitting that only 6% of the COVID deaths were from COVID alone. That the average COVID death was amongst somebody in their 70s or 80s and had at least two to three additional comorbidities. Now look, comorbidities can be as sort of light or non-significant in a bigger sense as, say, asthma, Or it could be colon cancer. I mean, they're counting everybody that is positive for COVID as a COVID death. So 6%, I mean, that is very low for COVID-only deaths. Also, the New York Times, of all places, no captains of hashtag team reality, printed a story in which new research found that PCR tests are way too sensitive to be useful in assessing the spread of the virus. Quote, in three sets of testing data compiled by officials in Massachusetts, New York, and Nevada, up to, ready, 90% of people testing positive carried barely any virus. 
Of course, this is not a revelation to some people who have been screaming this from the rooftops as far back as March. It's also not shocking if you read the label of the PCR test for COVID that says this test should not be used as a clinical diagnosis of the disease. It can catch fragments of the virus, but how sensitive? Apparently, too sensitive. All these things are working against the Big Ten right now. They are like George Clooney's boat in the movie The Perfect Storm, which was based on a real movie about tuna fishermen uh, in Boston, Cape Cod. Terrible accent, I know. And um, based on a real story, if I remember the movie, it was like they're out there fishing. They're killing, bringing in huge fish. They're talking about, we're going to set the market, set the market. And they're all excited. But then here comes a big storm. And I guess they had options. One option would have been just go in right away. uh, But they couldn't leave the hot fishing. The other option was to keep fishing and then go further out to sea. uh, And then avoid the storm and then come back in later. The problem was, if I remember, their ice machine Their ice maker on the boat broke, and therefore they were going to lose all their fish. The third option was to keep fishing and then to try try to fight through the storm to get home and set the market. Spoiler alert, they sank, and they all died. Oh, man, I was going to watch that movie. Eh, Not now. I saved it for you. Diane Lane was pretty damn hot as a slightly aging townie sitting at the bar waiting for her fisherman husband to come home. He didn't. Spoiler alert. That's the Big Ten right now. The Big Ten and the Pac-10. They are the boats that are out there. It's like the perfect storm. The perfect storm is coming to absolutely fuck these two conferences. Trends are declining. New tests coming online. I would be willing to bet that these first set of games don't result in any great burst of positive tests. Football is going to happen. Fans are going to start at about 20% in the Deep South. It's going to ramp up from there. By the time the end of October comes, the Big Ten could be looking at what have we done. And now there's the political angle. There's a couple of data points that have to be considered here. There's a story out that claims uh, Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan is the one governor that's making sure We're not playing football under the premise of this will hurt Trump. That hasn't been confirmed by too many other sources, but you're never going to get full hard confirmation of it. We do know this. Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, did say back in June in a story to Pete Thamel on Yahoo Sports that he wanted to see the Big Ten uh, sway the election, I believe was his words. Now, to sway it to reelect Trump, I Doubt it. He said that back in June. Meanwhile, you had a Biden ad that ran and is running showing aerials of empty stadiums saying, Donald Trump benched us. Time to get back in the game. Which, of course, anyone who's been following it loosely knows, not at all the case. I mean, they're blaming him like he didn't get this virus under control, therefore we can't have football. Ignoring the fact that there is football going on and will be football going on elsewhere. This was a Big Ten decision. I don't know why some people can't envision 
a political calculation entering into the minds of a conference. Dan Wolken, Dan Wolken of Yahoo Sports, who's, I think, fairly woken. I think he's on hashtag Team Virus. Tweeted, if you actually believe that the Big Ten has disrupted its $600 million business because of a presidential election, you have been gaslit. Gaslit being the the hip, cutesy phrase for you have been brainwashed. Well, I could believe it. I don't know the extent of it if it factored in. I think it might have been a tiebreaker at best. But don't think that these university presidents, none of whom have spoken so far and won't ever speak about this, and their lawyers are fighting the Nebraska lawsuit from releasing any email, digital communications amongst them, claiming there would be incredible damage if that was released, do not think for a second that it couldn't have been a factor in their decisions. These university presidents, I guarantee you, are as hard left as they come. And I guarantee you, they're not worried about their money, their salary, their pension, They don't care there's going to be a huge $600 million hole blown in the budgets of their member institutions. They're like, we'll borrow it. We'll patch the hole. If we think this can swing one or two states, if the charge can stick, look, are you unhappy? Trump fucked this up, and now we don't have football. If they think that, that's there's there's no reason not to think it couldn't be in the mix. Some people like Dan Wolken have a hard time believing that politics is a cutthroat, savage, I don't care about you, my life's not going to change, and the presidents were the ones with their hands on the lever to shut it down. They're the most insulated. They're the ones who will see no repercussions from this. Everybody else, they're like, well, fuck it, adjust. I don't know if it's politics. I think it might have been a little bit of cowardice, a little bit of politics. We'll see. We'll see if it works. We'll see what happens. Oh, and there was a massive protest in Germany uh, to reopen the country fully. They were going to disallow it, which is a scary precedent given the fact that right before the rise of Hitler, what they do? Ban ability to, to you know gather, the banning of uh, free association. But they went to court apparently in Germany, and they got it thrown out, and they gathered, and it was a pretty big protest. Where's ours? That's all I want to know. Where's ours? I would love to go. I'm not a protest guy. Generally speaking, it's a waste of time. I would love to go to a protest to open everything the fuck up. If there's one coming, let me know. I'm not on Facebook. I don't go on message boards. Keep me apprised. I will lend my body without a mask to go march around and go open up, open up. And maybe sing a few songs, if anybody knows them. All right, a couple quick hitters. Chadwick Boseman died. Oh, man, are you kidding me? What a terrible year for black icons. Kobe Bryant and now Black Panther. Also, Chadwick Boseman, outstanding actor, regardless of his skin color, played Jackie Robinson in the movie 42, and he died on Jackie Robinson Day. Holy shit. Way too young, too. He's in his 40s, uh, died of cancer. Nobody really knew what was going on. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. I still have Black Panther to see. I'm going to see it. I'm going to take copious white guy notes, 
And then me and Jay, my brother from another mother, will uh, convene and uh, and compare and contrast. Did the Redskins get a new field? I don't know. Um, it looks perfect. It looks so perfect. Some Redskin fans are wondering, did FedEx Field go to field turf? I don't think so. I think it's a combination of nobody's been on it. There's been no concerts. There's been no preseason games. It looks mint. All right, time now for my parents. I rolled up into the driveway at Meemaw and Peepaw's house, and I said, Ma, Ma, look what your idiot son did. He bought a $50,000 Ram ProMaster, put more money into that, to get it tricked out inside so I can do shows. I can do interviews. I get famous people in here. Except you're just my parents. You're not very famous. Here was Mom and Dad inside the mobile strike studio. Actually, turn that, uh, bend your mic a little bit more in front of your face. There you go, Dad. Yeah, that's good. Right there. All right, there you go. All right. So what do you think of your son getting a stupid van like this? I I think it's incredible. I think it's, uh, (laughs) I know, I think think it's creative as can be. And who knew you had it in you? That's the thing. (laughs) Well, you guys should have known that it was in me because we're we're sitting here in the very yard in which you raised me. And I started digging a hole in the backyard I one day. I do know that, yeah. <laughs> and and you didn't know what I... I didn't announce my plans. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but probably took a whole week of digging, right? But and I dug a hole about three feet deep, yeah. 20 feet long, 10 feet wide. And at the end of my digging, with just a shovel, <laughs> I came to you and said, Dad, I want some sand. Yeah. <laughs> this is my sand trap to practice in. Yeah. And guess and what? Guess what? Oh. I went and did it. But guess what? They didn't tell me. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean they? Uh, I didn't tell you either. <laughs> well, go. Yeah. You were the you were the one mom that was looking out the back window over no. the sink in the dishes, going, "What the hell no. is well, the kid well, doing?" Golf is a men's game, and 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 what proves that is I took her out to golf at Reston when we first moved out here. Right, Dad, you're getting was, off on a tangent. I got to stop. No, I got to shut the story down right now. It was a July focus, day when the mosquitoes were biting. We're focusing on me doing insanely stupid things like building a sand trap in the backyard yep. or buying a van to make a mobile studio out of it. It's terrific. I love it. Well, we'll see. I haven't used it very much. Well, but hopefully I'll help you use it. the idea is to get, you know, some celebrities in here. So that way, this way I can just drive up to like Joe Theismann's house and say, Joe, I need to interview you about the time you broke your leg. And I've got the TV here so I can say, see, remember when that happened? He'd be like, I don't want to look at that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, I yeah. can still hear the crack, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like the time, well, I mean, I'm the, I'm the guy that built a whole football field in his backyard. That's I love right. it. Right? I love Kinda it. Kind of ridiculous. I think, I think these window things are cool. Is it you just like foam? The, yeah, that's foam. I, I got to figure out how to retrofit it. Uh, the cup holders, Dad. I had to jerry-rig those cup holders because they were aftermarket items. Yeah. And I had to use screws and bolts and stuff. The kind of stuff you taught me when I was going to Heckinger with you. <laughs> and I was just a 10-year-old. <laughs> and I would roam the aisles. I love it. I mean, remember those days? I do. I you, do. You were going to Heckinger to get stuff to finish the basement. Right, right. The hung yeah. ceiling. Yep. And, and the, the carpeting. Yeah. And the flooring. Yeah. 
why was I even going with you? Because I said, come on to Heckinger's with me. And I was like, I got nothing to do. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> it was 1978, and what I else know. was there to do at home, right? Yeah, not much. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sit around and watch uh, yeah. Three's Company? No, I, I, something rubbed TV. off on you, you know. That's the base. That's the good thing, you know. And, and I'm glad as much of it rubbed off as did because you, <laughs> you surpassed me in so many ways. So let's have it, you know. What the hell? All right. So when are you guys going to sell this house, and then I can move in, and then uh, you wait, guys can move to Boca wait, or just a minute, Arizona? Sell it. I mean, there's three. I mean, not sell. Give it. You got. <laughs> give me. Give me. Give me. Give me. Well, you got. You got two siblings to deal with. So you know, if you guys end up with equal shares, you're going to have to. Jim start has more that money out. than me. Anne Marie doesn't want it. I've already talked to him. Well, it's then, coming right here. Then you're in business. You're in business deep. I, I'm, I'd be I'd be very happy to know that this 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 happened. Why honestly? Why do you guys still live here? Because, no offense. All right, this if I place could have is a the chance. worst. Yes, you, mom, you may speak. Dad, settle down. Pipe down. <laughs> all right. Okay. Mom. Number one, we're not moving. And number two, we live here because we like it, because it's home, because we have friends, we have history. It's not that bad. Two seasons. Two seasons, good, too bad. <laughs> it's 50-50. 50-50. It's and hard you, to and find. You, and you escape the winter now by going to right. Arizona, which and, is good. And, you know, the other bad season is summer. It's too hot and it's too muggy. Um, and you live with that. You know, you need to, I think, probably have two places to go. One that you can go in the summer and one yeah, where's you can go in the summer winter. retreat? You went to see... Uh, your our aunt in Tahoe. Our aunt's oh, neighbors. I think my sister has the perfect combination. She's in Lake Tahoe um, for the summer, and yeah. she's in Scottsdale in the winter. It's nah, perfect. She's, yeah, she's got it wired. Yeah, she's got her, it. Her By bed. the way, Tommy Lynette emails me all the time. Big yeah. listener of the Zape. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I'll, I'll be reading this email. I didn't even look at who it was from, and it was like, oh, that's really cool. Thanks. Appreciate that. And then it's like... Your cousin Tommy. I was like, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you what, every time my sister's in the car with their traveling or going somewhere, she'll text me and she says, oh, we listened to Tom. Listen to Stephen all the way. No, 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 no. This product is not for you guys. Yeah, I know. It deals in adult themes and low-level humor at times. I know. Don't forget, we're adults, so they are poor. Adults, but it's like, do you want your mom and dad listening in on you and Jay talking about <laughs> stuff that's no, between wor- me and Jay? I worry when they vet you about you know do- doing the World Series or something. You know, <laughs> you know, Dad, those days are gone. Those days would have never happened. So yeah, so I'm not even worried about that. Okay, no, All this right. is a very nice place. It's a nice area to live in. It's beautiful. It's green. So crowded. No, it's so expensive, not. man. No, unbelievable. But you know what? Expensive works hotter than shit, mom. Here in the summer. Well, I agree. French. I, I agree. agree with that. Just wait one minute. Expen- yeah. Expensive works two ways. If you bought it when it wasn't expensive and it became expensive, then you're better off. Well, that's true. So you know what the hell, and you know this too. That's true. Mr. Ten Acres. Well, I know, but I'm still upside down on that. You guys have made a fortune on this house that you bought in 1972. 71. 71 for $65,000? No, $59,000. $59,900 tax, tags, title, extra? Yeah, like that. Okay, okay. So I wish you had brought into the van, Dad, one of your infamous car manuals. 
because oh. this has been an ongoing point of discussion on various radio shows, <laughs> was your proclivity to fix cars growing up here uh, on the mean streets. I love the notations I got on it, though, you know. If Where I would say, you get the manuals from? I used to go to, first of all, uh, the, the Honda company used to give them to you when you bought one of their foreign label cars, like a... You know, uh, well, you never owned a Honda. You owned an Acura. An Acura. When you bought an Acura, you got the manual for free. You got the manual for the TL. You bought that TL used, though, so well, you probably had to buy well, a you secondary. Did, at some point, you did have to pay for it. As no, I no, understand, no. you would go to the dealer, right. And you demand. You'd go to the service department, like, give me the fucking manual. And you're like, sir, that's for ASC professionals only. You're like, the fuck it is. Give it to me, and they would give it to you. Oh, for sure. Big ass thick manual, oh, and I then you it. would start making notations in the margins mm-hmm. of it. Terrific. And you would do pairs in that garage right behind us yeah. right now and occasionally you enlist me or my brother jim right. to do help you do the work right. i hated it but you would always tell me if you don't like it you'll make enough money and you can just give the car to the dealer <laughs> let them do the repairs i'm gonna bequeath these manuals to you but <laughs> do they exist actually they're dwindled down now because i've thrown a, f- a few away that i never could use like i bought a whole set of subaru manuals for several hundred <laughs> and dollars never owned a subaru yeah what but because i wanted to see the, is that right mom yeah. i wanted to see the, that's right i wanted to <laughs> see the, the hell would you buy a subaru manual without owning because one? they wrote good manuals and i wanted to see the difference between how they're... Dad, Dad bought them as fiction. <laughs> they're great fiction. The Subaru manuals read like it's James Mishner. <laughs> you have to understand. Oh, There's different More ways than of, one manual. This is, this is a crazier caper, Mom, than when he bought all the Freon yeah. that sat oh, yeah. in the basement. Oh, I made money on that sucker. <laughs> oh, I doubt it. No, no you don't doubt it. You did. She yeah. was there when okay. they when the guy came in and paid us seven hundred. What was it, seven hundred yeah. or eight hundred dollars? He peeled it off in yeah. cash. So yeah. wait, so you bought a bunch of Freon before they outlawed Freon or something right. like yeah, that? Yeah, it was our R three or our something like what R twelve. Okay, yeah. And do you remember what you paid paid for it? Yeah, I, basically, <laughs> I, I saw this of in I saw this in Costco uh, <laughs> at a price that looked too good to be true. Yeah. And I, and I picked up a, 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 a big case. A case of yeah. 12, 12 cans or, 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 or it was a big 30-gallon container, whatever. Okay. Or one or, one or the other, or well, not both at both. this time. It, was, it, might have been the, it might have been the container. Anyway, uh, my recollection was the sign on the shelf showed like $157 or So you probably bought it for 150 sold it for 700 well, and I it sat it in the sat in the basement it, no, no, for no, how no, long? No, 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 no. Ten years? No, wait a minute, wait a minute. I brought it up to the register, and the guy says, you know, oh, that's two hundred and whatever. And I says, it says one fifty-seven on the label in the front of it. At the, oh at the, boy, and here we sent, go. They sent somebody out with me to that to that area and looked at it, and lo and behold, I was right. And so they took me back to the register and says, yeah, it's yours for well. that price because even though we posted the wrong price. Our policy is if it's posted that okay. price, so you get there it. There you go. That. So it's so a double score. So you it got a, it. It was a double score. Got it before score. it was outlawed, yeah. sold it to yeah. some dude who right. went on a Craigslist right. and uh, made out. That's good. Yeah. Now, that is offset by the fact you sold my brother's Dodge Charger <laughs> for $100 <laughs> right on the street in front of you and pissed him off to no end. Uh, well, You just no. wanted it out of the no. Well, you know what? No, he uh, had fair warning on that car. He was in college out of California, yeah. Berkeley, yeah. and the car sat in the street 
for over a year, and we kept telling them, you need to do something with it. You need to do, yeah, yeah, Mom, yeah, yeah. And finally, it was like I had it. You're like, get this shit out of my front Somebody of my yard. come you? here. Oh, put an ad man. somewhere, and the car's gone. What a car it was, too. But the other Pure part, muscle car. The other part of that is if I sold it at a loss, it wasn't my loss because if I sold it, whatever I sold it for, he would have wanted the proceeds. You know. <laughs> he would have tried to take the money back. Yeah, huh? I think so, yeah. yeah. And this way, even he agreed it wasn't worth anything. All right. Remember the time I took the floorboards out of the basement and I nailed them up on the fence over there to create a little field goal thing, and I'd kick field goals on the mm-hmm. side of the yard? Boy, I chose to re- I chose to forget that one. Yeah, remember when I put a hole in your drywall in the basement because uh, me and Christopher I, Knotts were playing floor hockey yeah. at all hours of the night? I remember that quite okay. well. Remember yeah. the time that – remember when I d- – s- scuffed up the inside of the front door with plastic bowling pins Yeah, yeah. because all I'd want to do is bowl after dinner Yeah, after I had gone to bowling league <laughs> in downtown McLean. Yeah. Remember when you decided you were not going to let me bowl anymore because you thought I was going to hang out at a bowling alley and be a degenerate? <laughs> yeah, right. Because you bowling was not a sport. Bowling was a game. <laughs> <laughs> do you know my producer Josh now is a, is a collegiate bowler. He was really good. Yeah. Good for him. Bowled in college. Uh-huh. Yeah. Really and, good. And he said his dad, even though his dad loves him, would ride his ass. <laughs> he said he made it very miserable <laughs> as a bowler. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I also remember when you're wearing things out, you and your brother would slide down the stairs. Like from- a toboggan in a in a sleeping bag. Yeah. But, but, but the stairs were carpeted. Yes, they were. With, That's not, they were with not cheapy carpet. And no, you guys please, wore that to cheapy. you wore that to tatters. It was it was blue standard but, carpet. It's one step above astroturf. <laughs> but we did know, we did wear it out. All I know is yeah. that it was expensive to get it replaced multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. Oh, now you're making wild tales. No. Yeah. But other than that, uh, we didn't tear up the house too bad. No. Yeah. All things considered. Yeah. You know what? You were you were kids. What could we expect? The right, yeah, better better than to be, Did we better wanna... be in the house banging things around than right. to just be out joining a gang here, right, on the mean streets of McLean. You exactly, know? The gangs were all over the place. Yeah, in this uh, you know? <laughs> mom would have to ward them off with a shotgun at times. <laughs> all right, maybe that didn't. Well, happen. don't forget the brothers who got who's the only ones that ever brought the cops to this neighborhood. Uh, really tore down your 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 oh, basketball hoop. Well, you put a basketball hoop on the roof. Yeah. Now, back in the day, if, if you wanted a suburban basketball hoop, you had to buy all the hardware yourself to yeah. mount it somewhere. Yeah. Like, it didn't come with a very convenient pole no, or no. a weighted base. No. So you went up on the roof, and you put the two-by-fours, you toggle-bolted them into the frame yep. of the roof, yep. and then the L-brackets and the supports and everything else, and then one of the Detra kids in the middle <laughs> no. of the night... It was, they lived Who was ne- it? They lived next door to the to, to Morty and... Uh, no, the they were they were in that house. They were named Johnson. Oh, yeah. the Johnson boys. Yeah. yeah. One night they came <laughs> up, they threw a chain over it, put it to their bump, and ripped it right off. They did. Why? They were assholes. Because and it was could. there. Right. Because <laughs> it was there. <laughs> and we never, we ne- that was a cold case that was never solved. Solved. Nope. And they As moved. cold as the disappearance of Brownie, the family dog. <laughs> Still in the cold case files. Let's not bring that up. That could get dicey. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh We could bring some things up, uh, 
things that I remember. Yeah. Um, you up in the middle of the cul-de-sac um, playing uh, street hockey. Street hockey, yeah. And I came home and pulled in the driveway and got out of the car, and you had gotten into a bit of trouble. You were in middle school. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I got out, and you just started yelling. You said, I did it. I'm glad I did it, and it's over. And I went, <laughs> Okay, I'm going in the house. I didn't know what you did, but <laughs> how did you? How did you know? Oh, you didn't know that I was in trouble. No, they had called Dad. I got a call from uh, your ni- when you were in ninth grade, I believe it was. No, he's middle school. Was through, that ni- not ninth grade? French fries at Cooper <laughs> in the cafeteria. In, in self defense, I got a call sure. from your assistant principal or whoever. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I was working. But, I but, didn't know what But it was. more often than not, Dad, you would say, and this is one of your signature phrases, do I need to march right down there <laughs> and give that teacher a piece of my mind? I know. Right? Yeah. And my usual response was, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Because, like, every kid doesn't want their dad or their yeah. mom making yeah. things worse. Right. Right? Yeah. right. Even though there's that parental instinct, right? Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But when I did this for you, because you called your band director a dick. Yes. And I took Jeff Raker. <laughs> Jeff Raker was a dick. And I took <laughs> factually and I, accurate. And I, <laughs> and I, and I, and I, I took you to the school to talk to Dr. Manning, who yeah. was the principal. A and doctorate I said, of physical said, education. Hang on. And yet insisted on being called a doctor. Hang on. I, 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 I looked it up in the dictionary. To see what was the meaning of the word dick. And you came and up with an alternate definition four, which was private eye. There was two. And you argued that. And that's right. That's and it r- did not prevail. I still went to <laughs> in-school suspension. And, and, and you are still angry at me be- that I didn't, you know, haul off and do something more drastic really? or something. Yeah, that I let him suspend you in school for really? the I next week. I was mad at you for that? Well, I didn't get you off the hook. Okay. I can't believe I was mad at you. <laughs> you this thought, this you, lousy court-appointed attorney. That's, right, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, he thought he got a bum attorney, you know? <laughs> I don't remember that I was mad at you for not getting me off. You, you I thought it was a hopeless situation. I mean, yeah. who yeah. the hell is going to get off in the kangaroo court of a high school in which this <laughs> maniacal band teacher well, I, got all upset because I called him a dick? He gave me a D. A D in band my junior year when I'm preparing for college. And I'm like, I don't need a D in band class. I'm trying to get my GPA up. It could have been been that I didn't represent you, you know, vociferously enough to Hmm. Dr. Manning. Uh, but I. Well, I'm sorry if I didn't think you when, did a good enough when job. When he said when he said he's going to give you one week in school suspension, no, it was two I didn't. Days. Two days. Whatever the heck it was. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing is, I remember distinctly you writing your application to Duke University, and they wanted to know. You know, <laughs> have you ever been suspended? Yeah, yeah. And what did I, I say? Said, I said, you know what? You've got to say yes. You've got to say I've had an in school suspension. That. Yeah. You know, et cetera. I had no chance getting in there. My grades weren't good enough, nor my GPA. <laughs> but you let me apply anyway. Why not? Like, you're not getting into that school. <laughs> no, we didn't tell you you wouldn't get in. <laughs> no, I know. You know, they might have, I, I felt like, you know, the admissions committee might look at this and say, well, this is a refreshing, uh, you know, application. <laughs> this kid actually admitted. Let's get this B-minus this, student this who is so honest. But I mean, I used, to, I used your words verbatim I re, cause I, because I referred to my band director as a dick. Oh, dick. <laughs> 
I can just see some young lady in the commission yeah. uh, admissions committee looking yeah. at this and saying, "Oh, he's still my beating heart." You know? <laughs> no, that's definitely not how it went down. No. So anyway, no. So we could take this across country if you want. You I know, do this van, and we could just do shows. We could yeah. stop in Branson, Missouri. I talk to some of the entertainers in Branson. You know, I want to stop by Nashville. Get you know, a country music superstar to come in the van. Yeah, the sure. possibilities are limitless. I know, they I know. Are. Except yeah. that won't happen, probably. That's right. I wish, but it I can would. drive around the neighborhood, interview neighborhood people. But you know, of course, nobody's left here. You guys are the last family left. No, we're not. Who else is left in the neighborhood? Oh, it's like two oh, others. Uh, Di- uh, Nancy, uh, Nancy, Nancy McLeod. McLeod, McLeod yeah. yeah, she's Moss still here. Is, Lois Meyer's still here. Yeah. Um, Liz Bowen's still here. It's five out of thirty, um, something like Planica. that. Planica. Carolyn Planick yeah. is still oh, here. Okay. All right. And Thanks actually, you have a great fan up here up the street. Oh. Greg. He, Greg, really? Yep. Greg Dunn. He walks every night after work. He's a speed walker. He has two college-age kids. And cool. And we're out on the porch. One night he stopped. He says, oh, Steve got, uh, the Zabe got four out of five of on birthdays. the birthday games. Yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. And then he'd say something about, oh, do I, um, oh, it came down when he had on a redskin T-shirt. He said, "Can I still wear this?" <laughs> oh God! And, and don't forget the Bowens have been here as long as we have been. Yeah. That's true. Huh? All right, so yeah. there's five or six. All right, and, well, and then I, you know what? I guess you guys can stay. How about thank, that? I thank guess you. I'll let you guys stay for a little thank while you. longer. Dad's well, good. we're going to let you. We're going to let you host the 50th anniversary. Uh, you know, celebration in the in the circle here. And uh, when is the 50th? May 7th. Next oh, night. oh, anniversary of, of us moving in here. That's coming. Settling up? and moving in. Yeah. Wow. And Dad's going to hire a mariachi band and I, a I want taco to. truck and but invite the neighbors. Why? We're not Hispanic. Because <laughs> he likes that he music. Just likes <laughs> no, bands. because that is great stuff. Are you kidding? Do you know, and you never go out and buy Mexican food? No, I do love mariachi bands. I'm, I'm with you on that, Dad, but yeah. I didn't know that. All right, so did you not go to Cancun and yes. enjoy the heck out of yourself? I sure did. Did you play golf down there? Yes, I did. Yes. That. Yes, I did. Yes. All that. All yes. That. So, yes. yeah. Okay. All right, so we'll uh, we'll yeah we'll definitely uh, do a party in the in the up in the cold side. I yeah. hope so. In May, I hope. And you so. guys moved in in May, right? May seventh. <laughs> That's a good one to end on. All right, all right. Thanks for dinner, mom and dad. Thanks for breaking in the van. Our Thanks. pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure. Next stop, Branson, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Let me end on a mask mea culpa, but I also need a ruling on this. So on Friday. We were recording the Capital Golf Gang. Myself, John Ronis, Ron Thomas, and John Gould, G-U-H-L, who is the executive director of the Middle Atlantic uh, PGA. And he is, I consider him a dear friend. I love Johnny Gould. He's just incredibly sharp, loves golf. He's helped me and my events out over the years. He will come and he will do these shows. I don't pay him or anyone else. And... He was there early at our location at Riverbend Country Club helping set up. And as I rolled up, I see him come out of the clubhouse with a mask on. I was like, okay, I guess they're making people wear him in the clubhouse. That's fine. It's his Red Sox mask because he's a Sox fan, which is fine. And uh, and we get out and I was like, oh, yeah, I got to walk through the clubhouse. Do I need a mask? Oh, okay, all right. I'm just kind of grumbling, whatever. And then we get to where we're going to do the uh, show on the porch. And I'm setting up the little, you know, uh, director's chairs I bought on eBay. Very nice. And I'm like, kind of got them sort of close together because I want it to look 
good. You know, it's like the the, the way I line up the the show, it's the three panelists shoulder to shoulder, then me over behind a table with the mic and the board. And as I'm setting the chairs up, you know, I notice he had his mask on. He's like, ah, I don't know. Do we really need to be this close together just for the camera? And I looked at him and I said, because we're guys, you know, and he's been my friend for a long time. I said, come on, man. Are you really I'm like Joe Biden? Come on, man. Like you really this fucking scared at this point about this virus? And that's when John said to me, hey, man, my uncle died of this. I'm not taking any chances. Oh, I was like, oh, shit. I said, man, I'm I said, I'm really sorry about that. You're right. That's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll space them out more. Whatever makes you feel comfortable. Question. First of all, I love you, Johnny. Sorry I said that. But we're boys, and so I had no idea. Secondly, as a ruling, should he have led with that a bit more? Like, hey, just so you know, I'm not really super afraid, but uh, I did have a family member die, and so if we can space out the chairs, that'd be great. Or would you mind me wearing a mask? That, that'd be fine. D- like, is he at all culpable for leading me inadvertently into a dude, bro, hey, we're just friends here. What are you, fucking scared of this thing? It's damn near September at this point. Or am I just the asshole that I I should be more sensitive? I don't know. Just need a ruling on that. But uh, anyway, sorry for your loss, John. And uh, thank you for doing the golf show on Friday. Speaking of masks, one last ad. I would love to be able to ask some people that wear masks now in public. Just like walk me through your thought process here. Because for example, and by the way, in the case of John Gould, okay, we were going to be sitting next to each other. We did for almost an hour, blah, 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 blah. So that to me is close proximity, even though we were outdoors on a porch, that's close proximity and that's prolonged exposure. That is not entirely unreasonable if you're worried about, you know, if you're concerned and you want to wear a mask. That's not entirely unreasonable. By the way, he took his mask off for the show. But here's the question that I had. I'm there at the gas station today, and a woman gets out of her car, no mask, gets to the pump, puts the uh, pump in her tank, and the next thing I know, I turn around, she's putting on her mask, her cloth mask. She puts her cloth mask on. She continues pumping her gas. There's like one or two other people around, not within six feet of her, not for more than three minutes at most as they're pumping gas. And then she's done pumping her gas, takes off her mask and gets in her car. I would just love to say, I'm sorry, excuse me, ma'am. Can I ask you a few questions? Like walk me through this. How much do you believe in it? Is it a routine? Is it ritual? Did you have a family member that died? Is it like karma? Is it you just don't want, you're superstitious? Do you believe this really cut down your risk factor from 0.000001 in this particular instance at a gas station to 0.000001? I just would like to know. And I'm not trying to start any fights. I genuinely want to know how people like that think. Maybe someday we'll find out. Maybe not. All right, that's it for me today. Thanks to mom and dad for sitting in the van with me. Have yourself a great Monday, everybody, and we will see you next time.